BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. And in the rain, we're taking you for 45 minutes on our lunchtime extravaganza here at WABC, where I do 45 minutes of rip and read and commentary. No calls, please. I'm call-driven all weekend long. I never have any guests, although I was a guest this morning at about 6.40 in the morning with Sid Rosenberg. And boy, we really got into a number of subjects, and one of them is... And I'm searching for one brave man out there. And I say men because, let's face it, the responsibility of men, at least the way I was raised by my father, Chester Sliwa, and my grandfather, Fidela Bianchino, is to protect the women, the infirm, the elderly, and those who can least defend themselves. And I ask, where have all the men gone? It's almost like I become Diogenes, the Greek philosopher in reverse. I'm not looking for one honest man because uh, amongst politicians, you're not going to find them, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. I'm just looking for one brave man out there. And I'll give you an example. And every time you hear this Hulk Hogan classic, which was played before he got into the ring with the old WWF or the WWE, It's because it is a call to all men, women, elderly, that you got to fight back, non-binary, whatever you want to describe yourself as. You can't wait for the elected officials. You can't wait for the DAs. You can't wait for the judges. 
You can't wait for the police because they're not being permitted to do their job. And by the way, with the march of the uh, totalitarian despots, dictators, and tyrants, as it continues to the United Nations for the General Assembly meetings, all I see are cops everywhere. Cops throughout the streets of Midtown Manhattan and Upper Manhattan. We never have cops like this ever devoted to protecting average, everyday citizens who have to work and pay the taxes. You see, we're people of no consequence. Uh, continue with that music, Lou. I need, that's right, I need that momentum to be able to ask, where were the men at the Barclays Center Station of the two, three, four lines when all of a sudden... At 6 p.m. at night, and don't tell me there weren't people on the platform because there were many. There were many men who were on that platform. And all of a sudden, one guy pulls out a straight-edge razor and slashes a 30-year-old woman who was standing on the northbound platform when she was slashed in the face repeatedly. Nobody did anything. Not one man in the crowd did anything to try to restrain him or to block his path of exit. And then all of a sudden, he ran upstairs, and then he just punched a woman in the face in the foyer. He was still in the subway system. Oh, it's all on camera. It's all on Alan Funt's uh, candid camera. Well, what's going to happen? There were no cops. No cops in Barclays Center, one of the major train stations in New York City. Not one. Where are they? They're all here to protect the despots, the tyrants, the dictators who march each year to the U.N. General Assembly. Oh, they deserve protection. But women don't deserve protection. One woman slashed in the face. Another woman punched in the face. Grown men watching, refusing to do anything. And no police. No police whatsoever. This uh, enemy of society, this cretin with chromosome damage, supposedly is in his 40s, dressed all in black, with dreadlocks. I kind of know what the color of his skin is. Although, should I jump to conclusions, Lou? But it's not on the description of the wanted person. Oh, God forbid, NYPD, that you offend people of color. And then in addition, look at this other one in Hell's Kitchen, which has had an explosion of crime occurring. It's 10 o'clock at night. A 66-year-old guy. That's right, an AARP senior citizen. I know, because I'm AARP, I'm 68. He's sitting at an outdoor table at Amore Pizza's Cafe, at the corner of West 58th and 9th Avenue. And then all of a sudden, this lunatic picks up a chair, hits him over the head with it over and over and over, grabs for the foam that falls out of his hands, and then all of a sudden, he sprints off up West 58th Street. And you say to yourself, there were men in that crowd. There were men standing all around. But you ought to look down your trousers and see if you have any wearables, any coulions. Because all you got are shrunken cocktail onions. What the hell is going on in our cities? Where are the real men to step up, to get involved, to help those who cannot help themselves? It ain't happening. Well, guess what? The people of Puerto Rico who have been drenched by Hurricane Fiona 
and have bands of roaming banditos trying to take advantage of the situation where there's no electricity, there's no lights, and there's floods, have decided we are not waiting for government. We're not waiting for FEMA, like the last time five years ago when the Hurricane Maria hit and devastated neighborhood after neighborhood, and we waited for government. We waited for FEMA from Washington. We waited for the governor of Puerto Rico. We waited for the village and the town mayors. And we recognized that there was corruption at every step of the way, from FEMA to the governor's office in Puerto Rico. To every town mayor, they would get the money, they would get the funds, they would get the supplies, they would get the resources for the people in need. And they would take care only of their cronies. So if you had supported them for election, they took care of you. If you were an opponent, you might as well drop dead and drowned in the floodwaters. So the people of Puerto Rico, they've already learned, do not depend on government. Not at the federal level, not at the uh, Commonwealth level, which is the equivalent of a state level for them, or at your local level. They are patrolling their own streets. Yes, they have weapons to protect their small domiciles. They're not going to let the banditos do again what they do on a regular basis. Puerto Rico, per capita, per person, has the most violent crime problem in America. It's so bad, ladies and gentlemen, under normal circumstances, that you are given permission to blow through red lights at night because of all the carjackings. But once and for all, the people of Puerto Rico have said, we can't depend on government, our local officials are corrupt, the cops are corrupt, so when all else fails, we're going to take matters into our own hands. And they have, in the spirit of that store owner, 80 years old out in California, who got the drop on three thugs who came in with assault weapons out of their SUVs. I want you to hear what he said that he had to do because he had no other choice. I just did what I had to do. I would always protect my employees, my customers, myself. This instance, fortunately, I was here by myself, so I had to worry about that. I took care of it, and that was that. Now is that. That's the good old-fashioned American way. And then he had a message for everyone. And what is your message to fellow business people here in the area and in Southern California? Because there has been an uptick in these types of liquor store, convenience store crimes. I think uh, more people should vote and vote the right way. And uh, I think the politicians, this isn't going to get me on the right side of a lot of people, but... Uh, there's a whole lot of people out there. They got no clue what it's like to try to run a small business, and, and when they're letting these people out, and we got bad people. Let's face it. There's bad people. Bad people. We don't need. We need to get them locked up because it's a scary situation when that happens. And uh, um, everybody works hard. They got bills to pay. These guys gonna come in and take it away from you? Not here. Not here. And I want to give you a little sample of what happened. Now, remember, the 80-year-old guy easily could have been retired, owns a convenience store, on the way from Los Angeles to Vegas, outside Riverside. And he sees three armed desperados coming in with assault rifles and masks on. And he reaches from behind the counter. He's got a loaded Winchester. And listen to the results. Right. 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 
Three young adult thugs came in thinking they were going to rob the store and God only knows, maybe even shoot or bound up or pistol whip this 80-year-old codger who was running the store at night, and he got to jump on them. And if you notice, like little babies, they were running back to their SUV. He shot one of these guys' arms off. This needs to be more of this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care where you're living right now within the sound of my voice. If you're going to depend on your elected officials, forget about it. Your DAs, your judges, they just turn people loose. Even though they've had higher education, they all prove to be intellectually stupid. And if you're going to depend on your cops, they're not permitted to do their job any longer. Although I'm staring out of our studio windows watching a phalanx of cops that we're paying for to protect every dictator, despot, and tyrant who's come into New York City to occupy Manhattan and to finally work their way over to the General Assembly to do nothing at all. Meantime, Lou, across the Hudson River in New Jersey, Garden State shoppers who were ticked off over the state's plastic bag ban that was imposed about a year ago by half-in-the-bag Governor Murphy of fighting back by stealing the handheld shopping baskets instead of forking over a few cents for a reusable bag. Quote, they get nasty when they're told that they can't take the basket out of the store, and some walk out anyway. This was at a shop ride in Bergen County. It's a problem at our store. People seem to think that it's the store that came up with the bag ban, not the governor. People are stealing them because they're forgetting their bags and don't want to pay 34 cents for a reusable bag. Workers tolling at food stores from Camden County to Hoboken say the same phenomenon is taking place. People are coming in. They're taking those uh, little handheld shopping baskets. They're filling up. They're not running out the door like shoplifters or boosters. They're paying for their products. But then they're taking the handheld shopping basket, putting it in their car in the parking lot, and they're not returning it. This is their UFA, the FU to Governor Murphy, half in the bag. Even at Acme and Fort Lee, just a few blocks of where our Mayor Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, lives at apartment 2122H, uh, said, once upon a time, hand baskets were always available. But these days, not anymore. And then finally, the head of the MTA, the money-taking agency, he threw down the gauntlet to anybody who opposes congestion pricing, which would mean that if you were coming south of 60th Street and traveling down to the battery, you would have to be paying anywhere from $9 to $26, the fee to be determined. He went off on a tirade, and he said that foes of congestion pricing are like climate deniers. In fact, he says... You are a traffic denier. Gridlock is killing our economy, he's saying. Well, we have gridlock right now with the despots, dictators, and tyrants in town. There's nothing that's moving in the streets. You don't seem to mind that. He goes, it's bad for the air. It's bad for people. People are being hit by cars and trucks in record numbers. And meantime, others are saying, what the hell are you talking about? Look at this. Get rid of the restaurant sheds. Enforce traffic rules. Change delivery truck patterns. That's going to significantly reduce congestion. 
Moreover, the proliferation of bike lanes has further increased congestion. And then all of a sudden, the MTA chairman threw down the gauntlet and say, those traffic deniers, do these people actually know what's going on in New York? Have they been to New York? Yeah, you schmuck, you putz. Chairman of the MTA, the money-taking agency, I'm one of many. You're going to question my city-side credentials? You cut my veins and arteries, I bleed New York City. I'm in the subways and on buses every day. Hey, where are you? At J Street, Borough Hall, right like Jeeves in a stretch limo. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know, this will be the theme song for when Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, was riding high in the saddle in the governor's office up in Albany because it's not Lazy Mary. It was a lazy state government that he oversaw deadbeat slackers, nor duels, and he was leader of the pack. Uh, when he was riding high in the saddle, remember there was a period of time, Lou, he was the golden boy of Democrats nationally. Every day at noon, you could have your Nutazza de Cafe, uh, Medaglia Dora, your Bisquet, and you can sit in front of the boob tube and you could watch Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo do his PowerPoint presentation right after the lockdown and the pandemic of March of 2020. In fact, remember they gave him an Emmy Award. Then when they found out he was a perv of all pervs, they took it back. And remember, to the perv charge, he said, oh, it was my Italian uh, background that caused me to put my paws on female in an unwanted way. Hey, you will do double disgraziata. But as he has hunkered down, stirring the marinara sauce with his brother Fredo, Chris Cuomo, at their compound in the South Hamptons. That's right, you got the Cuomo compound. And uh, leading the security effort there is uh, wartime consigliere Joe Pacoco, who uh, swings at mean Rocky Calavito, Louisville slugger at all opponents, real or imagined, did six years of federal time for political corruption. But they're trying to rehabilitate, rehabilitate Andrew Evil Cuomo over my dead body. Let me remind you, uh, Lou, remember back... When he was the golden boy, maybe even on his way to being nominated as a Democratic candidate to run uh, for governor against then-President Donald Trump. Remember, he uh, was very upset and charged Purell with price gouging for that slimy gel that you put on your hands, supposedly that disinfects it. I've never used Purell. I never will. I'd rather use olive oil. But remember what he said 
He said that the state was going to go into business making hand sanitizer and do it better than private corporations. We are introducing New York State clean hand sanitizer made conveniently by the state of New York. This is a superior product to products now on the market. Uh, The uh, World Health Organization, CDC, all those people suggest 60% alcohol content. Purell, competitor to New York State Clean, 70% alcohol. This is 75% alcohol. It also has a, comes in a variety of sizes. It has a very nice floral bouquet. Oh, yes. A little I detect a lilac. Lilac. Hydrangea, tulips, what does it smell like? Ooh, ooh. Tulips, yes. It's an aphrodisiac. Floral bouquet. Oh. Making it in the state of New York. Oh. Uh, Corecraft actually is making it for the state. Corecraft makes glass cleaner, floor cleaner. All right, enough of that nonsense. Whoever cut this, they went on and on. But anyway, the point being is Corecraft subcontracted it to uh, prisons upstate New York, and it was the prisoners who made this hand sanitizer. Then uh, Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, riding high in the sa- saddle, said, hey, we have gallons and gallons of this stuff in production. Current capacity is 100,000 gallons per week, and we're going to be ramping up. We'll be providing this to governmental agencies, schools, the MTA, uh, prisons, etc., because you can't get it on the market. No. And when you get it, it's very, very expensive. Uh, so that is now in production. We'll start distribution. We're going to distribute it to New Rochelle, which is a hot spot for us. Uh, because literally we're hearing from governments that they're having trouble uh, getting. Yeah, okay. So the state, once again, was going to outdo private corporations. Well, looky, looky, looky. Two years later. What did WRGB upstate New York find? 700,000 gallons of unused and expired hand sanitizer being kept under blue tarps at an old airport runway at the State Training Preparedness Center. How do you like that? 700,000 gallons, the equivalent of 18 tractor trailers worth. Very expensive New York State cleaner, hand sanitizer, that has no use. No use at all. So questions went out, said all of a sudden, Holcomb, uh, crime wave uh, Kathy Holcomb, are you aware of this? No. Uh, Republicans in the state legislature, Democrats in the state legislature, are you aware of this? No. It's been stored for months and months on the abandoned runway at the New York State Disaster Preparedness Center. And it's incredible. We are now paying, we, not the government because it's our money, Eastman Kodak, two and a half million dollars to truck the sanitizer to its Eastman Business Park in Rochester. That's right. Write that down, Lou. It is R-O-T, Chester, because the city is rotting from the inside out. 
There it will be distilled to remove the isoprol alcohol, which can then be used for manufacturing. All told, the price tag, $7 million for hand sanitizer that wasn't needed. And nobody in Albany, not Democrats, not Republicans, not the staff of Governor Crime Wave Holcomb seemed to know anything about it. It had to be brought to their attention by the media. That's why you need an effective media, because without the media, the politicians will have window shades on their eyes, cotton balls in their ears, and a zipper on their mouth. Meantime, Andrew Evilized Cuomo was back at his compound in Southampton, hitting the mattresses, stirring the marinara sauce with Fredo Chris Cuomo and his wartime consigliere Joe Pococo swinging that baseball bat. He had been invited to testify yesterday at a congressional hearing focused on the COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes. He is responsible for 16,000 deaths through an executive order that took those that were already sick with COVID and transferred them to long-term nursing care units in which it spread like wildfire and hundreds, thousands died as a result. He's never acknowledged it. He's never apologized for it. He had his um, health care czar, Zucker, who actually was the character that uh, Doogie Hauser, MD, was based on. He was a boy genius up in uh, up in the Bronx, went to uh, and actually started practicing medicine in his early 20s at Einstein uh, Medical Institute up there. So he was considered a genius, not. He was just a flunky of Cuomo who gave him uh, protection on this matter. Anyway, he decided he's not participating because obviously the Democrats won't uh, subpoena him. They're in the majority in the House. But Congresswoman Elsie Stefanik said that when the Republicans control the House, whether it's McCarthy, who is the Speaker of the House, or another Republican elected by the Republicans, he will not be able to hide, he will be subpoenaed, and he will have to come and explain how it is under his command 16,000 senior citizens are dead. Meantime, his uh, running partner, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, has taken a page out of the Cuomo playbook. Uh, during her Democratic primary, against, uh, she was running against Congressman Tom Swazi, who was to her right. And uh, to her left, left, left was uh, the public advocate, the do-nothing position of Jumani Williams, who hates police, who hates prisons, yet lives behind the guarded gates of Fort Hamilton, the active military garrison in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge in Dyka Heights, and has to show his identification each and every time he goes in. Now, uh, you, you talk about hypocrisy. Anyway, she had three debates with them. She didn't have a problem. Uh, she destroyed them in the Democratic primary. But debating, oh, Congressman Lee Zeldin, it's been like pulling teeth. She's agreed so far to one debate. This is this was always the Cuomo strategy. Give give your opponent in the general election one debate, one debate only, like he gave Malinaro. And so far, it's scheduled with New York One for an hour. And there's a very real chance that she's not going to agree to any other debates. That's why you have to have written into the rules and regulations of elections, no matter where it is, anywhere in America, at the highest levels, the mid-levels, or the smallest levels of government, that you have to have a minimum of five debates, a minimum of five debates, 
which is more a discussion. Everybody sits down. The moderator just tosses the question in, and then he or she backs out. And let them discuss the specificity of issues instead of just giving 30-second, 60-second sound bites, which prove nothing. Meantime, the infamous Dr. Fauci. You remember when Andrew Evilized Cuomo was the golden boy, soon to be president, each day with his PowerPoint discussions? He had invited Dr. Fauci on for a simulcast. Lou, remember the love fest that they had? I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, Maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to uh, to, you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a fun. Who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want I to be? I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. So Who's the politician? <laughs> I say we're laughing at us. In the midst of the lockdown and pandemic, well, the two Italian stallions, Fauci from Brooklyn, Cuomo from Queens, although Cuomo would have been better suited as an Italian stallion to be a Gelden, it would have kept him out of a lot of the touchy-feeling problem or at least taking Sol Peter each morning in his uh, Cheerios or his coffee. But anyway, yesterday Fauci, for the first time, admitted at a public forum that he knew draconian lockdowns would have collateral negative consequences on school children. But instead of taking the full weight of the blame, Fauci blamed the divisiveness of social media for turning every piece of his guidance during the pandemic into a confusing and controversial statement. Quote, when you have a divisiveness in society where every time you say something, you have X number of people with social media looking to attack it. That adds to the understandable confusion when you're dealing with an evolving outbreak. Uh, So uh, let me get this. We shouldn't have free speech. All hail Dr. Fauci, right? Bull feathers. That's what America is about. Free speech, Dr. Fauci. And you were wrong. You were hopelessly wrong. And now you're better. You crossed your heart and hoped to die and said you'd be out of there after 50 years of destroying our health services in uh, America. You said you're going to retire as of December 30th. Man, you better stand up to your promise. Meantime, this comes on the heels of Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan again, doubling down, saying that he is relieving the mandate for workers in the private sector November 1st. For those playing sports in the public school sector, the PSAL immediately. But no luck to all of you who are civil servants, those who were laid off, those who were furloughed, those who were fired. You will never be hired back, not in a month of Sundays, as long as he's mayor. And in fact, those who are still pending to determine what the outcome of their religious exemption is, don't hold your breath, he said. Man, he is mean. He is mean. And speaking of Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, he was just spun like a top. Remember, he's been telling us that these illegals who come in each and every day, another four buses this morning before noon at the Port Authority of New York as they were pounding the hound. Almost all of them now are illegal aliens coming in from Venezuela. 
He told us that they really didn't want to come to New York, that they were forced onto the buses, that they had no choice. The next stop, unbeknownst to them, was New York. And then yesterday at a press conference in El Paso, a man named Blake Barrow, who is the CEO of the El Paso Rescue Mission, published an open letter begging the Biden administration for help with the uh, illegal alien crisis. But also, he pimp-slapped down Eric Adams. He said about 20% of the illegals who come into El Paso across the border from Juarez want to go to Nueva York, want to go to New York. The city has been chartering buses to New York to assist those desiring that destination. He said, I'm not aware of anyone being placed on a bus to New York who did not want to go there. And whereas Eric Adams says that he is going to sue Abbott, he's going to sue DeSantis. Meantime, how's he going to sue anybody when he's been in constant conversation with the mayor in El Paso, accepting the illegal alien Venezuelans who have no one here that they can have serve as a sponsor for them? Meantime, momentarily, we are expecting 10,000 war refugees from the Ukraine to be brought to uh, New York. Each and every one of those 10,000 must have a sponsor or they will not be allowed to settle in Brighton Beach, Sheepshead Bay, the South Shore of Staten Island, the Jersey Shore, or wherever there are Ukrainian-Americans who are willing to take them in, whether they happen to be family, whether they happen to be friends, or whether they happen to be supporters of the Ukrainian uh, fight back against the uh, now extended uh, invasion by Putin into the Ukraine. So why is it Ukrainians have to have a sponsorship? But illegal aliens pouring across the border from Mexico into Texas and then being shipped up here to New York City don't have to have a sponsorship. Uh, inquiring minds want to know Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is the end. Beautiful friend. The saga continues. This is, the end. this is now a troika, a trinity, a trifecta here, involving three separate programs here at WABC. In fact, I had to appear this morning with Sid Rosenberg at 6.40 to try to straighten out what had been the statements made by our colleague, Greg Kelly who felt that either he, through his broadcast, or I, through my broadcast, which uh, precede Greg Kelly, who's coming on at one, that our admittance vocally of what we're saying in these microphones, the 50,000 powerful watts of sound, had fouled the microphone itself, potentially causing uh, a uh, bio, uh, what could we call it, erosion, of not just the equipment itself, but more importantly, potentially impact on Greg Kelly. Let's go back three days ago and listen to Greg Kelly as he was wondering if uh, his microphone is safe to use. Oh, the headphones. Curtis left his headphones in. I love Curtis, by the way. You know, I do wonder. Curtis uh, uses this microphone. I use this microphone. Uh... Sid Rosenberg uses this microphone. I mean, a lot of people use the same microphone. 
Do we ever clean the microphone? I've never seen. I see tables get cleaned. I see rugs get vacuumed. I see glasses get cleaned. I mean, I can only imagine how much biological material has been absorbed by this microphone, and it's never clean. It's just there all the time. Um, Curtis is a fantastic individual. I don't think he wants my germs. I certainly don't want his germs, which, let's face it, Curtis, no offense, you got a lot of cat on you, all right? We all know you love your cats. I'm more of a dog person myself. Ah, the entire Greg Kelly crew is in here because I have taken one of these Trojan Magnum original lubricated Trojans, prophylactics, condoms, jimmy caps. In fact, let me take one more just to make sure that we have provided for for safe talk and potentially safe sex. Let me just adjust it on the microphone here. we got to make sure that all of our colleagues here, especially Greg Kelly, are able to have safe talk. And eventually, man, where's the banana? I never really got this straight in sex ed class, putting this condom on the... Oh, I think I got it. I think I got it. Man, if I had this much trouble in my wild and frisky younger days, there'd be a lot of more young sleevers I'd be paying child support for, that's for sure. But let me, uh... Let me give uh, some credit where credit is due. Our crack engineer, Dan Herschel... Who are spending time in Bada Bing and uh, uh, Satin Dolls. That's the strip club right below the 50,000 powerful watts of sound in Lodi, New Jersey. He did due diligence. Let's give him credit where credit is due. He contacted the world-renowned microbiologist, Pete Schattel. And the uh, biological uh, biopsy came back. And let me tell you what... uh, this world-renowned microbiologist found on these, the microphone uh, of WABC. He found traces of anthrax, Pantera, Megadeth, trail mix. Now, wait a second. That's Greg Kelly who eats trail mix. Lipstick. Well, that's Lydia Serrani in the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katsimatidis. And Monster Cheese. That's the schmear that Sid Rosenberg uses on his bagel every morning at 7.25. You know how I know that? I read it in Cindy Adams. And so what um, Dan Herschel has done, Lou, to his credit, he has sterilized the microphone. He has fluoralized it. That's right, using fluoride, the same thing you use on your teeth. And he has ostracized this microphone. I want you to know that in order to secure safe talk and safe sex, we do not use the lambskin uh, prophylactic Jimmy Cap condom because, as you know, it is not 100% efficient. It sometimes suffers leakage. So we've used the good old-fashioned latex. Oh, my God. Look at this. I got it on. Lou, I, I would have passed sex ed. I couldn't do it with the banana at Junior High School, Bildersee, uh, 68 in Canarsie. But I got it on the microphone because, you see, I care about my fellow colleagues here at WABC. I care about Greg Kelly, who follows. I want to make sure 
that he does not have any microbiological particuli to worry about. But I feel exempted because there was not one particuli of a dirty water hot dog, as you know, in 1996. I finished third in the annual Nathan's Dirty Water Hot Dog Eating Contest in Coney Island. Not one particuli of a dirty water hot dog. All thanks to Dan Herschel as uh, he found traces of anthrax, Pantera, Megadeth, Trail Mix, which is definitely Greg Kelly, lipstick, which is Lydia Serrano, and Monster Cheese, which is clearly Sid Rosenberg. I have been exempted. No cat hairs. There's no flotsam and jetsam from cats. Cats will not be vilified in this situation. And just know, it was Phantom of the Opera, right? And then the second longest running musical in the history of the Great White Way Broadway was Cats. Now, the movie sucked. But the Broadway musical was El Magnifico.